Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. Thankful for the opportunity to stand with you today and just, just share a word. And it's been, been stirring, stirring in me the last few weeks. And Pastor gave me the call a few weeks ago and said, hey, man, you want to preach on this day? And I was like, let's go. Let's get after it. And uh, so there's a word that I believe is for us, for us today. And it centers around three questions that I think everyone has to answer. Three questions in particular every believer will have to answer as well. Um, and they are these. Do you know who you are? Do you know what you believe? And do you know where you're called to be? Do you know who you are? Do you know what you believe? And do you know where you're called to be? And the passage we're going to bring this out of today is Ephesians chapter 2, 11 through 22. No secret that Ephesians is one of my faves, along with Colossians. Just some powerful truth for us to receive. So let's begin in verse 11. Read with me, if we will. We're going from the ESV Bible. Therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Everybody say amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. For he himself is our peace who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then, you're no longer strangers and aliens, but you're fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure, being joined together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. It is alive, it is active, it is sharper than any two-edged sword. I thank you it will do a powerful work in us today to grow us, to strengthen us, to do everything you want to do in our lives by your sovereign hand. So we thank you for this time in your word together. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen. So this passage of scripture follows what is very commonly known to, to, to even more of you than probably know the address of these scriptures, but Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, which says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It's a gift of God, not a result of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. Okay? Created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That lays the foundation for this passage that we're talking about today. Right? As we look at these things, there was a backdrop in the Jewish world of what the covenants of promise would be, like the Abrahamic covenant, the Davidic covenant, the Mosaic covenant. There was this backdrop in the expectations of what would happen for these covenants to be fulfilled. That's where the law came out of. So these things, okay, you guys follow these laws? I'm going to save you through this process that you walk out. 
So then along comes Jesus, and Jesus takes all that, and he doesn't say, hey, I'm just going to toss it. He says, I'm going to fulfill it, which is why, like the last time we talked together, you know, the laws of the Old Testament get thrown into three baskets, as it were, okay? There's the ceremonial, okay, which are all those things that were done to get to God to deal with our sin, which Jesus deals with those once for all at the cross, hallelujah. The ceremonial laws are fulfilled in Christ Jesus. But then we have the moral laws, which is just God's character. That's why, we, that's why we're not like, hey, I'm free, I'm going to commit adultery. No. Okay? That's why morality still matters. So if you're one of those believers who thinks, like, oh, we're at the cross, man, it doesn't really matter what anybody's doing. No, 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 no. Let me help you out. The moral character of God is still that which we walk in. And we do it by his grace. Because not only we're saved by grace, but then we're graced to walk out what he's called us to and be sanctified, okay, and purified and made more holy and honorable to him. So those moral laws are still there. But then we have these civil laws, which that's a lot of confusion for believers because those civil laws got vested into the civil authority, which is why we still want cops and we still want a military, okay? That's, that's Bible. That's a reality. We still do want cops in the military because the civil law has to be adjudicated by the civil authority. So it's handed there, okay? So there's our three baskets. So what we have in the process of this Jewish backdrop, Jesus comes and fulfills these covenants of promise. So now the two are made one that we were just talking about. The two have become one. The Jew and the non-Jew have become one. How? In Christ. So now it's about what we receive him. So let's begin with that first question. Do you know who you are? Do you know who you are? It's a question that everybody is asking. And a lot of people don't even realize they're asking it spiritually. Okay? It's why we got stuff like going on like the whole thing with Will and Jada and everybody's like the slap herd around the world and all of that. That whole deal is about do you know who you are? You understand what I'm saying? It's, you, 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 you got a wife trying to figure out what she wants to do. You got a husband trying to figure out where's my place as a man. And you got everybody else's opinions being thrown around. Why? Because we don't know who we are. When we know who we are, we're solidly and firmly founded in the word Jesus the Christ, the chief cornerstone who begins it all. Then we have the right starting point to then live everything else out that we're called to. So what's the first point I have for you in that? Let's, let's answer that question. You know who you are? By faith in Jesus Christ, we receive sonship and adoption into the family of God. I'm not striving. I'm not trying to figure something out. I'm not trying to get a few good brownie points in with God and then he'll accept me. It's only by sonship and adoption through Jesus Christ. Therefore, you don't have anything you can claim because you couldn't do anything to get in. The only VIP pass in this thing is the blood of Jesus Christ. You can't dress it up enough. You can't get clean enough. You can't know enough people. No. But the one, come on now, the one King Jesus, when I know him, you walk up to that front door. You remember that video a couple years ago? I'm going to bunny trail it real quick, but I'll bring it back. The video a couple years ago, that porter, that reporter who had his little girls coming in the room and his wife freaked out, was like running in, like, oh my God, he's on live TV. Well, the one little girl, I thought it was so hilarious because she comes walking in the door because she's, she didn't think about live TV. She's like, I'm going to daddy's office. So she walked in just like this. <laughs> you can walk in just like that by the blood of Jesus to whatever situation. My daddy's taking care of it. It's not about what I could accomplish. It's about what he accomplished on the cross. Therefore, I can walk in like that little kid who's like, I own this joint. You'll be like my little girl Simone used to be when we go to Sam's. She would walk around the counter when she was two and three years old and reach out to the cashier for the scanner. 
Oh, regular. Didn't matter who. Huge people standing around. Big old man standing there. Little lady reaching for the scanner. Like, I'm going to go ahead and scan these groceries since I own this place, basically. <laughs> That's the attitude we can have because we're confident in him and what he's done. What does verse 13 and 19 say? But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near. Near by the blood of Christ. I'm no longer far away, but I've been brought near, and I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. So we've been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ and the work that's been done. And what else does it say in verse 19? So then you're no longer strangers and aliens, amen, but you're fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God. Second point there, in Christ All of God's covenants or promises were fulfilled in Christ. So again, let's take it back to where we are now. Now we're in a place where it's just in Christ or not in Christ. This is why it's a big deal for us to get the race thing right. And by that I mean, not that we have a bunch of worldly conversations around the subject. Not that I mean that you get the latest book that your news reporter recommended you ought to read. So you can either feel good or bad or whatever they want you to feel about your race. I want you to realize this, that it is so secondary that if you're in Christ, it doesn't matter a whole lot. Ooh, let me know. If I could have stepped on them, I stepped on your toes real fast. It doesn't matter that much because we're in Christ. That's what's mostly important. And again, this comes to you straight public service announcement from a black and brother right here, okay? I got a couple races in me mixed up, and I love them all. They're part of how God made me. As one pastor I heard say, one preacher said, said, listen, we don't dare hate on that because it's sacred because God did it. Of course. Yes, your ethnicity and your racial makeup matters because it's the work of God. It's the handiwork of God, not because that's how I define myself. I'm defined because I'm in Christ and what he's done. And therefore, I'm fulfilled therein. And then I walk in like that little kid who's all bold, like I said, because Christ has done a work of sonship in our lives. So then I don't have time for these people who want to divide us up by race and ethnicity and background and where I'm from, where you're from, whatever. Call that stuff out quickly and walk away. We have a better way, says the scriptures. A more excellent way because it's in Christ. And therefore, I have a heart. I don't care what shade you are. If you're not in Christ, I need you to be in Christ. So that's why I'm praying for you. That's why I want you to come. Okay? That's the reality that we're facing. And that's why this is a big deal. And I want you, like I need to, get it right from God's word that we are in Christ. What does John 1.12 say? But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become Who? Children of God. All. Let me take you to every language. Guess what all means? All. All the time. All means all. (laughs) Means all of y'all. If we're in the South, we are. Everybody. So regardless of your background, regardless of which side of the tracks you came on, or whether you were crazy enough to be standing on the tracks, it doesn't matter. We are in Christ. Or we're not in Christ. And if we're not, man, I want you to come and know him. But if you are in him, man, lift your hands and just, (sighs) that's why we sing, it's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise. Come on. Come on. In our lungs, so we pour out our praise. 
Yes, because his breath, because we are in Christ, the redeemed of the Lord. Therefore, we have joy, not because I got in with this group or that group or like we were just talking about, I don't know who I am, so now I got to prove myself somewhere. No, man. Here's what you do. You're like my friend. My friend, where's Dave? Dave Woods is probably in the building. Dave helps people in his business doing resumes sometimes. And you got to get that resume right when you're trying to get a job. But here's the beauty of Jesus. Just do this. Go ahead, everybody, do this. You know what you're doing? Jesus, go ahead and drop that resume in my hands because I'm going to walk in with that. Your resume, not mine. Or just email it to me, Lord, whatever you got. I'll down, Holy Spirit, download. I'm going in on his resume, not mine. That's, who I, that's where my identity is found, in Christ. The word says in Colossians, I always go back to Colossians, love that book. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. So that's where I'm going. Jesus, let me get that resume so I can walk through the door real quick. Jesus, your resume, not mine. All right, question two. Do you know what you believe? Do you know what you believe? This is imperative as well. People walking around not sure who they are, but they also are not sure what they believe. Not only about themselves, but the world around, about their neighbor, about the church, etc. Do you know what you believe? Here's the first point there. The word of God is the truth that we're called to live by. The word of God is the truth that we're called to live by. Lots of different ideologies swirling around right now and a lot of this statement of your truth and my truth. And you guys, you know it's one of my pet peeves so I draw a hammer on it. But it's also of the spirit of the age that's happening right now in the culture so we need to speak to it clearly, okay? So your truth, my truth is foolishness. Okay? If you, ever, if you ever posted anything along those lines, don't worry, I won't hate on you. Just go back today, scroll back through the feed, delete those posts that have to do with that because it's not truth. It's foolishness. And it is a lie of the enemy. And I know it, I know it feels good sometimes. You got your favorite female singer, actor. You got a guy who came up out of the ghetto and now he's in the, in the sports world. You have a guy who's ascended politically or whatever and they start bringing that idea of, you know, as I lived out my truth. And no, 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 no. The truth of God's word is what oversees all of this. If I have something that I can adjudicate in my little world as truth, that's shaky ground. Come on. It's not where we live. That is the place of deception because that means I can then adjust this line to move it over here and move it over here. Listen, I'm excited when we have the line get moved further and further back with this whole abortion thing, but I'm not happy until it's zero. I can't be excited like, oh, yay, now, now it's until 15 weeks. It ought to be zero opportunity. There shouldn't be any. Shouldn't exist. That's man living my truth that I have a right at some point here to terminate a pregnancy, which is realistically speaking, murdering a child for my convenience. Can I just tell them what it is? It is murdering a child for your convenience. And I know that's not pretty language, and that's not what they're going to give you on the evening news or in your favorite article or at your friend's house or whoever else who believes that. But it is not 
what God has for us. This is what comes back to when we're talking about living by the truth of his word. When his word says a thing, that's what we live by. We don't come now and say, well, you know, I kind of wanted to readjust a little bit and move the line for me and make it work for me. Here's a good tip for life. Find out what God says and then align your life and your emotions with that. Our problem we often have is because we're so free that we think somehow I'm going to figure out what I want. This is good advice for some of y'all who are ready to get married or start opening your eyes and looking for that spouse. We get this list of all that I want. And when everybody's boxes are checked according to my liking, then I'll say, yes, I'll submit to the process. It's to my liking. And we do that with God's word sometimes. God, this is all the stuff I want. And now I'm going to see if we can make your word fit that. Hello? What's well, real, real dangerous, bro? Extra dangerous. Extra dangerous, as some might say. For you to have that thought process that I can now make God's word fit me. No, I need to fit with it, which is why we speak and declare, what does his word say? And then we align ourselves with that word, align our lives with what his word says. Verse 17 and 18 says this, and he came and did what? He preached peace to you who are far off and peace to those who are near. For through him, we both have access in one spirit to the father. So what did he do? He came speaking, but he was the very word himself. So that's how Jesus has come to us. And that's what he continues to do by what? His spirit. Because when he speaks of the Holy Spirit in the book of John, he says what? He'll take of what is mine and do what? Declare it to you. He'll speak to us once again. Whatever it is that we need to receive and learn and grow in, he'll speak it to us. So Jesus is the very word of God. Again, receive him in what he says, written and spoken. As Christians, we believe God's word. Let me give you a tip here. There's a lot of people freaking out about, you man, do you hear the Holy Spirit? Do you not hear the Holy Spirit? Do we just scripture only and we don't hear the Holy Spirit? Wait, do we need to not worry about what the verses say? Listen to me. They work together and you need as a believer to receive both the word and the spirit. And they will never contradict one another because it is one God that we serve. One spirit, one Lord. So man, be in your Bible. Don't come at me and say you don't know anything about what God said in your Bible. It's closed. Uh-uh. No. But also then don't tell me now the Holy Spirit's not directing and leading and guiding you. The scripture says that he comes to guide us and lead us into all truth. So don't discount what he's speaking. None of them will ever contradict one another. Okay? What does John 17, 17 say? Sanctify them in the truth. This is Jesus praying. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Now, two things about that. One, what's truth? God's word. But what are we called to? To be sanctified by the truth. The beauty of this word sanctification is this. We've taken it in church and it just means like becoming more and more and more holy, which it does. But let me give you a raw street level definition of sanctification. Okay? Raw street level definition. This is everybody can understand this. Sanctification is setting things the way they should be. All right? That's the purest, simplest way to clearly state sanctification is setting things the way they should be, which is why, for example, we're having a lot of questions about sexuality that years ago we were told it was just everybody wants to be secret and quiet about. We just want to do what we want, but now it's very much public. 
You know why we're having a problem? Because we have not received the fullness of what does it mean to be sanctified, have things set right. So what do we have when you don't have things set right? You have the C word. It starts with a C, ends with unfusion. Unfusion. <laughs> All right? Like I tell my kids sometimes and the kids in, in the youth ministry, I'm like, hey, starts with a C, ends with unfusion. <laughs> it's confusion. Why? Because we haven't fully received the truth to be sanctified, have things set right. That's what God is doing in your life when you come to him and we become those sons and daughters. We know who we are in him. And then we realize that the truth of God's word is what we live by. Things are being set right. That's why some of y'all who came to Christ and you realize, wow, my marriage actually was a hot mess. But now in Christ, he's working a work and taking care of that. I was abused as a kid, but now, man, I'm being healed and I can be a good father or mother because the Lord's healed me. I was out there getting slapped drunk every weekend thinking I was filled in that, but now I'm filled with the Spirit. Okay, he's setting things right. My finances were all over the place because I thought, oh my God, you know, I, I can never have what I need or that I lusted after my money so much that I was buying everything to show off for everybody. But instead, now in Christ, things are being set right. I understand that that money is a tool of provision in my life. And then as to be used as a conduit of blessing for others. Because why? Things are set right because I'm being sanctified. Sanctify them in the truth. Hebrews 4.12 says this. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. God's word comes in and does all of that. Now, we don't like that last part sometimes because we don't want to discern the thoughts and the intentions of our heart sometimes. But God's word comes in to deal with us. So when his word comes in, divides, it's actually showing you, hey, you know what, Daniel? <laughs> Here's what's really in your heart in that area, bro. Are you going to deal with it? Are you going to come into line with what I have for you or not? I know Daniel will. He's a great young man of God. He's always faithful, so <laughs> he's going to hear it, receive it. But what do you do when the Lord comes to you with that word? He said, oh, you know, I'm not, not quite sure if I'm liking that, God. Not quite sure if I'm feeling that one. I was super excited about this one over here. But then when you got two verses down, I don't know if I want to do that. Amen. <laughs> That's what we need to do is realize when that word comes in, Two-edged sword comes in. I taught this to you guys last year. That word there, we talk about the two-edged sword. It's a distomas, which is a two-edged sword. It cuts both ways. It comes to you and it comes through you. The word of God is a two-edged sword coming to you and through you. So you receive it, but you also speak it, which means you align with it. But then also it's great power it means that it's going to impact those around you too. So the word of God is a two-edged sword. Let's receive his word. That's that truth that we live by in the last one. Number three, do you know where you're called to be? With all of this, right? We know who we are. We know what we're called to live by now. Do you know where you're called to be? We are placed where God wants us to be for the building of his house and for our growth and preservation. We are placed where God wants us to be for the building of his house and for our growth and preservation. Verse 19 through 22 says this. So then you're no longer strangers and aliens, but you're fellow citizens with the saints and what? Members of the household of God. 
built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. In him you're being built together. So listen to me. This was my biggest deal when it came down. I understand. We didn't understand everything that was happening. We did our due diligence as much as we could with the whole thing in the era of COVID and separating for a time and being careful, masking up where we needed to. You know, we were saying, what's with this vaccine, treatments, all that stuff. One of the biggest things that the enemy leveraged, okay? I don't want to care about what political parties did and news people, whatever. What the enemy leveraged was this reality that we are being built together as a dwelling place of God. And what he said was, nah, it's not that important. Coming together, not that important, not that big a deal. Hey, y'all got the internet. You got YouTube. You got all kinds of streaming. Get on the website, bro. It's fine. You got the podcast. Listen to it later. No biggie. That was in work of the enemy that was used to say, nah, it's not that big a deal. But, but, but hold on, though. We are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. How do we then say the prophetic action that speaks thereof is not important? Let me say it one more time, Piran, right? I'm going to go on this side and say it one more time. How do we then say the prophetic action that speaks of that is not important? That the saints gather. And again, I gave you a backdrop. We understood we did what we needed to do. But when it became a point where we said, no, no biggie, no, it is a big deal. And not because I feel like you come in the door and some people are. You're struggling. Oh, I'm okay. I'm not struggling. I don't have to come meet in. It's not about you. It's about him and the building of his house. But guess what? On the back end, it is about you because you are being built together with me into the dwelling place of God by the Spirit. And so God forbid that we would hamper that process that God wants to do. Come on. Every work of hell that wants to step against that, then put your foot in the chest of that work of hell by the Spirit of God and say, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not accepting that. Because God has a better way. And I don't want to stand against God. He knows a little more than I know. Amen. (laughs) I'm just saying. At least a little bit. Actually, a whole lot of bit. More than I know. I want to come into alignment with what he says. Again, there's a twofold reality of being built into God's house. Watch this. It's being built as a part of the building but more importantly, being a part of the family. What I love about the imagery that the Apostle Paul uses, you know, as, as, as Scripture is inspired, again, all of it inspired by God and useful for everything he wants to do. One of the beauties is the way that you would see in the writings in the epistles, which are the letters written by the Apostle Paul, if you don't do some, some Bible study. So there's these letters that he wrote to different churches, but then they are given to us as a blessing that we get to use these principles, which is one of these are, 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 are here today. Ephesians is one of those letters. And one of the things that we see is this imagery of a building being created, but then also of a body. And that speaks of you being placed in this, in this building. You know, in the process of putting together, if you walk out, as you go out today, I want you to take a look at the wall. You can put your hands on it. Out here, you can see the bricks that were used to form um, 
the lower half of the structure here. Each one of those bricks is expertly placed by, by, by the company that, that did the forming of this building. Um, and, and so they have their specific place, which means not only their place being solid and structured, but the entire structure because of where those bricks are placed. It's important that that takes place the way it needs to. In the same way, a body, and we know those who are battling through sickness right now and disease, when your parts of your body don't function like they were set and created to, there's problems. But each of those parts, again, is set in the body where it needs to be. So we have both of those types of imagery being used in these letters, right? There's building imagery, but then there's also body imagery. So we get to enjoy that, seeing that for our lives, that we're placed in the body of Christ, but we're also built together as a dwelling place for the Lord. Okay? And in that process, I'm going to encourage you in something this morning. This is not like everybody's most happy thought as American Christians, okay? Because we like freedom, right? Come on. Just raise a hand. Just throw a hand up. Come on. You like freedom, right? I do because I like the fact that I'm going to get in my car. I'll drive wherever I want to. If I want to take the long way home, which would be dumb, I could. (laughs) There's nobody checking me or whatever. I mean, unless I get a little too fast, then my friends from the ASO are going to be like, hey, what are you doing, buddy? Slow down. Driver, I want to. If I want to go have steak today, I can. If I want to go have a cheeseburger, I can. If I want to have a salad, there's a freedom that we enjoy. So some of the things that we walk out as believers, we don't like the lack of, quote, freedom that we have. But here's what it says regarding our placement in the body in 1 Corinthians 12, 18. But as it is, God arranged... Let that sit for a minute. God arranged. I'll say it one more time. God arranged. The members in the body, each one of them as he chose. Are you saying I don't have a choice in this? Because I'm, I'm struggling with that. Because going back to my friends who laid the bricks here, They opened up those pallets that got delivered. They grabbed a brick. Didn't ask the brick. Oh, oh, did I? Oh, okay. (laughs) Opened up the pallet. Right, Juan? (laughs) Your guys got on uh, on the scene. Opened up the pallet, took that brick. Nobody asked the brick. Hey, man, where you want to be placed? Andrew, you guys get to framing. You guys get out there to frame the crew. You get that two by four. Do you ask the two by four where he wants to go? Hmm, no. But with wisdom, that master builder places where things need to be. And our father not only is a master builder, but a father who loves us. And so our confidence and our hope and our trust is that he puts us where we need to be and we can receive that. Even in the time we don't feel like it. Can, can I get an amen from the married people who've been married for more than at least like five minutes? When I'm like, what? That's never you though, baby. She's like, stop lying. We just had a special discussion earlier this week. (laughs) Come on. Even when you don't feel like it, you are placed 
by the Lord for his glory and your good. That's why we say what we say. When you come to The Rock, dude, we're not trying to give you a massage and, all right, pastor, if you'll meet with them and have coffee with them, then maybe they'll like us and stay. We want you to know that by the Spirit, you're in the right place. I don't want you to waste, and this is, and, and, and pastor will be happy to call me or text me if I say the wrong thing here, so don't worry. He doesn't want you to spend one more minute here than needed if this is not where the Lord has you. Get on to where he has you so you can be about the business of the kingdom where he's placed you. Not let's come and hang out, man. They got nice, yeah, you got a nice little building. You guys a nice coffee shop, good little children's ministry. Let's hang out for a little while. No, find out where the Lord has placed you. Because that's the quicker you can be about the business he's called you to. And at the same time as that placement in the building, remember, family imagery comes back. We want the right people there because it's family. You don't have to be around here very long to know that we believe in family. That's the game here, man. The game is on high regard to family. We don't get everything perfect. We know that. Come on. But one thing we will be is family, guaranteed. And you might not like that, especially on the time when we say something that you don't like. You're like, I'm just trying to trade this group in. But that's not how we live. We live according to as it is. God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. Each one of them as he chose. So, I'm going to pray for you guys in a minute, but here's the three things. Okay, you had these three questions. Who are you? What do you believe? Where are you supposed to be? Here's three R's to remember that by. We are redeemed by grace through faith. Are number one. We are redeemed by grace through faith. It's only by Jesus' resume that we get to come in and be what? Sons and daughters in the kingdom of God. Second R, receive. We receive the truth of God's word. That's a simple statement. When you get upset, when you got stuff you want to do, but you know there's something maybe that's not God that doesn't line up with his word, remember that you as a believer are to receive the truth of God's word. I said, Lord, I don't get it. But I believe that by the grace of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to be able to walk this out, even though it's hard and challenging. Third R, rest. I love this. Rest. We rest in the place where God has set us. We rest in the place where God. I love rest. Like some of you don't believe that because I'm a pretty busy guy, but I love rest. Pastor knows we just played golf last week with, with Jedediah. And man, I'm chilling, man. You know, listen, any of y'all ever want to proposition my family to go on vacation? Understand this. I'm not the agenda guy on vacation. As I say to people sometimes, I'm like, my, with your timing and your schedule on vacation, my level of caring can't go any lower. It can't go any lower than it is because it's at the rock bottom. It's in negatives because I'm chilling at that point hard. But guess what? We are supposed to be at rest in knowing I am where the Lord has me. Not anxious. The word tells us be anxious for nothing. So I mean, the next thing, guess what? If the next thing is coming and it's not today, be at rest. If you're having a challenge with a brother and sister in the church body where he's placed you, rest. Figure out who you need to meet with, have coffee with. Call Pastor George. Call one of us. Talk. 
if this is where the Lord has you, it'd be better to rest if I'm you. Because <laughs> why would you want to be in turmoil if it's where God has you? Why be, oh God, I'm frustrated. For what? When we can rest. He's the one who's going to do it all and accomplish it in our lives. So let's receive by faith what he wants to do in and through our lives. Amen? Come on, stand with us today. So that first question, I want to I I give an opportunity for those of you who today, man, know that that's where you are. I don't know who I am because I haven't come to Christ. I have not yet given my life to him. I have not yet submitted myself to know him. I have not yet received the salvation work that he wants to do desperately in my life. So I want to pray with those of you today. And then we're going to give an opportunity for everybody else who would like to get some ministry and some prayer today. So if that's you, let's, let's, let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes just for a minute. Between you and me, if that's... That's, that's who you are today. You need to pray and say, Lord, save me because I am not yet in Christ. I am not. I'm, there's those two places, in Christ or not in Christ. I'm not yet in Christ. I want to throw a hand up and I, and I want to pray for you today. Go ahead. If that's you, put a hand up. If you're watching online after the fact, we're still going to pray either way. If that's you today. Okay. Well, praise God. I'm believing everybody in here is committed. If that's you and you're concerned and you're fearful and you don't know, your heart's pounding, you don't know if I should raise my hand yet, then go ahead and pray when we pray in a minute. Because I'm praying for the sake of those who might be hearing this online or watching this after the fact right now. So if that's you, still pray it and believe that God will do a work in your life. And we're here for you to disciple you and teach you and walk this with you. So let's pray. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for the work of the cross. Thank you that you died and you rose from the dead to forgive me of my sin and set me in a right place in relationship with you. So I receive by grace through faith the work that you want to do in my life. And I receive adoption into your family. I thank you for that work. Thank you that you're my Lord and that you're my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Now, I want to give the opportunity. I'm going to ask our prayer ministry team to come on down. Come on down. And while they're coming, we're going to sing a song with the worship team here in a minute. If you are in a place where any of those other two questions are things you need a breakthrough in. And I need to receive God's truth for me, written or spoken, what something Holy Spirit's got for me that I need to believe, something from the Word that I'm not understanding. You need a breakthrough in that. Come, touch and agree with one of these intercessors, one of these prayer warriors. If you don't know where you're supposed to be in certain areas of your life, where God has placed you and what His will, His plan is, you need direction, come, receive prayer. If you're dealing with something in your body, you need healing, come, receive prayer. If you've got turmoil, anxiety, you're dealing with all these things in your life, come, receive prayer. So I want to encourage you. There's these great prayer warriors that are here today. They want to stand with you and pray and believe in faith, trust in the Lord. All right? So if that's you this morning, go ahead and come as the worship team leads us. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.